is the West Side King's Church podcast, where we aim to encounter and embody the surprising grace of Jesus. All right. Well, welcome back. Here we are again, Brian. It is great to continue this conversation with you. Looking forward to this one as always. Um, let's just dive right in because I know we have a lot to talk about um, in this particular um, episode. So um, why don't you lead us into what we're going to be discussing today? Yeah, and I'm, again, quite excited about this. And um, hopefully for those of you who were participating in the last session, you had a chance maybe to uh, go to two texts and listen to the narrative on uh, the raising of Lazarus. And I know we we went through scriptures very quick. (laughs) (laughs) We covered uh, three snapshots over thousands of years. And uh, hopefully... uh, that uh, we can build on that because the reason I did that was because we really need to understand the nature of God and it's this powerful ability for God to enter into every situation as a wonderful counselor but also he's a mighty God so I uh, have entitled this week I call it the language of grace in the grief experience Mm -hmm. and so um, we're going to start and you know I started off working in a rural hospital and uh uh, 20 acute care beds, 20 extended care beds. And uh, so I got to know a lot of the folks there that were living in extended care, but was also called to acute care at different times. And in those three years, I worked part-time, had to provide spiritual care. And um, I was always amazed and started to get a sense of there's something so much bigger going on in these narratives, particularly around end of life when I was in palliative care and when I was with families and when I would enter into conversations with people that had gone through various trials and tribulations and, you know, always trying to focus in and trying to get a sense of um, a person's story uh, spiritually, just to give an opportunity. And as a chaplain, it was just to give an opportunity for, for people to talk about that spiritual walk in it. It didn't matter which background, I mean, whatever spiritual background you came from, uh, chaplains are kind of trained to listen to the narrative, no matter what culture, no matter what background. <clears throat> the thing I always was amazed is that grace seemingly was there all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because it's within God's nature, it's his creation and God is there interested, invested in inquiring of all of his creation, no matter, no matter what our background, no matter what our orientation, uh, God is there. So as time went on, I started to get quite a catalog of these moments uh, that unfolded at people's bedsides and when people were in that very deep valley. And they were moments when God kind of winked. They were moments that you tried to explain them and you couldn't. And honestly, people didn't really share them with me until I would inquire and say, has there been any moments where you've sensed a sense of that spirituality in your life? And there would usually be a silence. And then people would start to talk a little bit about that sense of when somehow there was an intersection of their spirituality and their uh, crisis or times in life where they had tried to lead in, lean into that sense of that spirituality for support. Um, in 2005, so I'd been a, a counselor and a chaplain for eight years, there was a, a 
conference in the United States um, on grief. I think it was 400 people attended. And fortunately, just the year I got a chance to go, there was a one-day workshop. And I looked at it, and um, it was entitled uh, Beyond the Threshold of Death, uh, Clinical and Practical Uses of Extraordinary Experiences. And I thought, well, extraordinary experiences, that's what I'm experiencing. I would like to know what that's all about. And so uh, I went, and uh, the, the person who uh, led the day workshop uh, was Louis Legrand. He's got several books on this topic. And he talked about these moments. Now, within clinical circles, these moments of grace is what I call them. They call them extraordinary experiences. Mm. Um, they know them. They've heard of them. They know, have no context by which to understand them kind of from a, a spiritual perspective, from a Christian perspective, but I really appreciated his writings. So I, I went and I spent a day and, um, and it just started to open up this idea, you know, the different opportunities and what does God give these moments for? Why do we experience them in our spiritual walk? Because they don't just resonate in our mind, they resonate in our very core of our being. And so I think that using them in a clinical sense and God uses them in a practical sense to come alongside. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Right. That's great. So we ended the last session about um, talking about sort of these, you called them small, um, small miracles, right? These, yes. these moments, these grace moments. Um, why don't you walk us through that in a little bit more detail, these grace moments? Yeah, getting the idea that they're for a purpose, that we experience them within our faith. Um, God is a mighty God. He is able to make anything happen in time and space. Uh, but God is able to kind of hand design what is going to resonate with us. And so these moments, as I mentioned, are all inclusive of all of God's creation, because it's in God's nature to extend his grace, his kindness. And I use the definition for grace moments in the context of its, um, the God's infinite uh, love, his mercy, his favor, and his goodwill shown by God towards humanity. Mm. This is in God's very nature to reveal his presence in small ways, to let us know that he is a loving God. Um, there is a time, you know, when I would listen to the narratives around loss. Um, there was a wonderful line that I would use that it was this, that um, in the midst of your loved one's absence, um, has there been any times when you've had a sense of your loved one's presence? Something's happened that somehow lets you know that there's something bigger than you going on. And usually there did be a moment of silence. I clarified a little bit, but interestingly, I'd say probably seven out of 10 people so we're talking many, many, many people would tell me of a moment when something happened that resonated in a way that gave them a sense that they're not alone, that there is somehow something bigger that's trying to find a way to aid us and to get us through grief. So it was usually the launching point to be able to start to look at, well, what did that mean, that moment? And uh, I have a bit of a kaleidoscope collection and I've got one that it was beautiful. Uh, my mom gave it to me. It's, it's made of glass. It's got two wheels on it. One wheel is panes of different colored glass and the other wheel has got bits of soldered jewelry. And as you turn the two wheels, you get shifts in color, but you also get shifts of shade and design. And it's a, it's a marvelous idea, but I'd like to think when we are walking with somebody and we have the opportunity to listen, 
um, where is God in the design of their lives? You know, what are those shapes? What are those shadows? What are those times, has there been times when somehow there's been an intersection between God's presence and, uh, and your experience in life? And I'm always amazed how many, again, seven out of 10 would usually share an experience where somehow there was this moment that was bigger that let them know that something and i always like to think well that's just god that's just god inquiring that's god just coming alongside yeah. he's invested in us in the valley he's inquiring and he's so involved in our lives so interestingly enough yeah anything yeah no i was just gonna i know that um brian i've i've heard you um talk about some of your own personal experience with this. And I, I just wondering if you could share a little bit um, sort of about your, your experience with these types of moments. Yeah, in my training as a chaplain, I was very fortunate that uh, for my master's degree, I didn't have to do it on some theological topic. I was able to take a subject and spend my time developing the content. So my master's thesis was actually the language of grace in the kaleidoscope of personal experience. Mm. And um, had the opportunity to look at uh, what is this language of grace? Uh, how does God speak? What are the different ways that God speaks into our lives at that deep spiritual level? Um, I've got a moment that I like to share. It had to do with my mom's death. My mom died in 2006. My mom was a gardener and uh, I'm also a gardener. I followed after her, I was very close to my mom. And I was out there um, in 2005, and uh, my mom loved gladiolus. My mom was an artist. Um, she did all of her paintings from flowers that would be picked up at a flower shop, and she was recognized. She was a member of the Federation of Canadian Artists. And, and so she gave me some gladiola bulbs, <clears throat> and I planted them in the spring of 2006. And um, man, I've got a lot of shade in the backyard. The sun would two, three hours, and the spring went by, the summer went by, and I wound up at the end of September, and the gladiolas had nothing, but at the very beginning of October, very late, two of them blossomed. They were only a foot and a half tall. Now, you know gladiolas can be three, yeah. four feet tall. These were a foot and a half, and they blossomed within two days. The buds came out, and they, and they blossomed, and I quickly sent the pictures to my mom, and there was a pink one, uh, with kind of magenta coloring. And then there was a yellow one with these beautiful orange slashes. And I marveled and sent the pictures to mom and she oohed and she awed. And then five days later, <clears throat> my mother passed away suddenly of a stroke. I was devastated. Um, I flew out uh, to be with my dad who was devastated and I went into the living room and uh, she had her last uh, painting framed on the wall. And it was, if you can imagine, the pictures of three gladiolas and they were pink magenta and yellow and i looked at my dad i asked i said two things i said dad where where these yellow ones with the pink slashes and he said that was your mom's favorite colors he said i had to drive to uh, to a nursery outside of the city to get that specific one to bring back so she could paint it again a moment uh, to me this provided tremendous comfort for me that my mother died suddenly. The second thing I said to my dad is, dad, I think that painting is for me. Mm, yeah. And I think this was God, this is a grace moment. Yeah. This is somehow in the 
the big, big picture, that that moment, just being able to let me know that God is in control. And as hard as that was, and I was in that valley for quite a period of time after my mom passed away, but that anchored me to know that I wasn't in the valley alone, that God was one step ahead, and God was able to stay in that flower narrative that Brian I had it in control. I've got you too. So that's a grace moment that I share. Thank you for sharing that, Brian. Um, and yeah, I think it's just a, a very powerful and beautiful illustration of what you're talking about in these moments, these little gifts that were given. Last week, you shared a beautiful poem. And I know we have another one this week. Um, would you like to share that? Yes, I would. And um, again, by the uh, same author, mm -hmm. it says this, it's called, and she said it, uh, she wrote it uh, and called it Grace Moments. I'm so thankful. She gave it to me as a bit of a gift. And it says this, a glimpse into heaven, a wisp of air, so gentle, so peaceful to know that you're there. A butterfly, a leaf, a seagull in flight, all sent from above, a glimpse of the light. A tap on the shoulder, hearts everywhere, clouds that form angels, white stones and feathers, all reminders that you care. Your voice, an owl calling my name, my heart, my soul will never be the same. Moments, reminders, of all the love that we share, I am grateful for the windows to show that you're still there. That's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, it's, it, it, it says it so perfectly. These, it describes it so perfectly, these moments that mean so much. Yeah, and I just want to touch a little bit about this. And again, I had permission to share uh, these uh, poems, but this... Uh, individual had experienced a tremendous loss, uh, took it right to the deepest depth of that valley. Yeah. And um, uh, one night uh, she woke up and she lived in a, in a, I believe it was a condo complex and there was trees out in the back. And this one particular night she woke up to the hooting of an owl that's the allusion to the owl. And she lied in bed and she just heard it hooting. And it just registered this sense of peace and comfort. She said she got up the next morning and went and looked out at the trees just to see if she could see the owl. She didn't see the owl, but she found a feather on her balcony. And it was a feather of an owl. So how does that happen? But as you can tell by the power in that poem, it anchored her. Yeah in the travail of this deep valley, that this helped her to rebuild a bit of a narrative that she wasn't alone, that truly God was walking alongside. He is guiding and leading. And so it affected her in such a profound way that she wrote that poem. And wow, you know, this is God, the wonderful counselor, yeah. knowing exactly what we need. And it's the mighty God that can move within nature in time and space and make these moments and flowers and owls and birds and all these things in just moments that I don't take them for granted. And it's not that everybody may experience them, 
But I like to think that God is winking and hopefully now that we have a bit of an awareness, we can see the grace moments for what they are. Yeah. Yeah. So last time we were talking, um, we had uh, chatted back and forth about how a lot of times when we enter into, um, into grief, something tragic um, happens in our life, go through a trauma of sorts, we come up with these questions, right? These big theological questions. And it seems like, and I know this from my own experience, um, with medical, you know, we had a very, very traumatic experience, birth experience with our son and, um, almost lost him a couple of times. And I know like you're, for me, my brain went to really deep theological questions and I needed to find the really deep answers. And, and I do think there is part of the journey that you can, you can spend your time doing that. But I love this idea of a simple theology. Yes. A lot of times what anchors us is not actually those really big questions. What is going to anchor us, especially when we are in you know, the early days of grief or trauma is, is what anchors us is the simple theology. Yes. Can you talk yes. a little bit more about that idea of simple theology? Well, it's just grace. It's just the availability of God to come alongside. Um, I, I have a story I share uh, when I was a chaplain at one of the hospitals in Calgary of a woman who had been in the hospital and I think she'd had 10 operations in eight years. She had struggled with cancer in different uh, parts of her body and she had a faith and she was so engaging and I would drop by and I would have a talk and um, and I got to know her over the period of months and um, I asked her, how is it that you've been able to find your way through these last 10 years with your cancer? And this is what she said to me. She said, Brian, uh, various individuals have commented and tried to encourage me by saying that God will never give you more than you can handle. But then she said, in truth, God has given me way more than I can handle, but I have learned that he's given me the grace to get through. Mm. And I love that. That's kind of a simple theology. Yeah. It's just being mindful that grace is so profound and amazing, you know, when we come and we walk alongside people, and I've mentioned that it doesn't matter with ethnic background, with spiritual background, um, which community you may be a part of, that God's very nature is to extend grace to all of his creation. So I would love as a chaplain to talk to individuals that didn't carry a personal faith, a Christian faith, maybe carried faith from other different orientations um, or had lifestyle different orientations, but they still could share moments of special resonance where it just let them know using that sense that, that God is there. So I guess when it comes to a simple theology, it's the sense of when these moments happen, they provide, number one, a sense of comfort and peace. Mm-hmm. When a grace moment happens, they let us know that there's some bigger than that, something bigger than us going on. There's a resonation and a sense of, I guess, mystery. And it will anchor us for the days of head, ahead. And if we're in grief, you know that these moments are so real because this is kind of the test is that they provide a sense of comfort and peace. They let us know there's something going on and they anchor us for the days ahead. 
so valuable. And I guess when I look at grace in grief, that's the theology. And if we can experience that, that's God saying we're going to get through the valley here. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, another thing that we've talked about before is, um, especially in our short circles, is this idea of continued bonds. Yes. Right. And how do like grace moments, um, and we'll kind of journey into continued bonds and how that all, all works. Um, yeah. Yeah. For the next uh, two sessions, we're going to talk about, you know, what's our part? How can we find our way? Uh, the beginning was what grief's part is, what's God's part, and now what can we do? So we're going to look at trying to find a way in those continuing bonds to move forward and stay connected, and we do that through different times. We'll touch on that. But the outcomes, uh, and I think when we experience these moments, they give us a tremendous sound, a sense of peace. Uh, they can give us an opportunity to say goodbye. Um, they can encourage us. Uh, they can let us know that somehow there is something going on, depending on what kind of a moment you have, let us know that our loved ones are safe, that we will see them again. These moments can strengthen our faith. Um, let us know that, yeah, God is winking. God is watching over us. Um, it also helps to anchor us to be able to move forward because in these moments, we have a connection. Every time I look at that painting and I bring it home, I look at that and I think of my mom. Um, I read the poem. I read both poems. Both those are a legacy of this individual's grief and how it helped her to be able to move forward and embrace the grace. Mm -hmm. So yeah, these are the outcomes and they can happen. I just want to just drop just a, just a quick moment here that these moments of grace can be these moments of divine providence. They can be encounters in nature. I can remember doing a service at one time at a, a gravesite, and uh, right on the headstone beside us, a bluebird just landed. And it was this kind of this pause and everybody just knew that there was just a sense of, wow, this is, this is special. Mm. It can happen in visual moments. It can happen in dreams. I think sometimes there's two kinds of dreams. There's dreams that uh, give us a connection with our loved one. Um, and there's dreams that just enable us to be able to maybe envision things we couldn't. And it can happen with a sense of smell, a sense of taste. And they're just moments that are beyond our ability. Reading the right thing at the right time, this is grace. This is, uh, these are the small moments. And if we're not mindful, we can miss them. Mm -hmm. So when we're in our own lives, I think it's nice to be able to identify them, but also when we're walking with others, as we look into the kaleidoscope of their experience, was there any moments of grace that we can anchor onto to encourage, no matter which background, but just acknowledging that God moves in grace. Yeah. Yeah. Now there is a question that I think I, I'm pretty sure almost all, if not all, all of people who are experiencing, you know, any level of grief. One of the questions around this idea of recovery or healing is how long will it take? So Brian, your experience, <laughs> maybe if you can answer that question for us, if you can tell us how long does it take? Yeah, and it's so dependent around the loss and the circumstances around the loss. I talked about the thread. I talked about the thread of trauma and what that trauma thread looks like and what the narrative is that impacts that trauma. But for sure that there is no expected time frame. Um, I always like to say, and I think I said when we first started, that I like to give grief kind of that first year 
to be able to try to get a sense of our bearing. And maybe when we get around to that first anniversary, we get a read on how we're doing. But for many, it may be a three-year window, depending on the degree of trauma. It may be a lot longer. Yeah. Um, it may take months to be experienced um, immediately, which means sometimes it's the shock is just so much that time passes. And when everybody else thinks you're past it, well, all of a sudden you start to experience it. God yeah. is starting to move in you or you started to go into that valley. Uh, new losses can reactivate other losses. Um, certainly at anniversary time, we just went through Christmas, a profound time of memories, profound time of reflection. Uh, we'll talk about that in, the, I think it's next week, around what we can do during those times of the year to be able to embrace that sense of connection. But you know, significant losses are grieved throughout our whole lives. I think of my mother often, I had a very good friend who died of cancer. Uh, very similar uh, 14 years ago, I think of him often. Um, but I don't linger. Uh, I think I've gotten to that point with the grace of God that we learned to find that place to be able to look, but not linger. And grief will take as long as it takes. But it's so nice to have somebody walk in with us. You know, it's so nice to be able to have somebody to just check in with. And if it's been a year or two years, or you've had that resonant, one of those grief waves has kind of rolled over. It's nice to be able to pick up the phone and be able to talk. And for sure, uh, we can't expect to have all the answers uh, in our own grief. And uh, for those that we're with, this idea again of being able to come alongside, being able to fall in behind and be of support. And I guess experience and walk that walk where we too are able to be inquiring of our friends we are invested in the relationship and we are interested. And I would encourage you, anybody who's listening that have friends, whether it's in that valley as a result of COVID or a personal loss or whatever that, whatever that thing of value was that a person may be struggling with, come alongside and be inquisitive. Uh, emulate that sense of what's in our faith tradition. Be interested, being inquisitive and uh, being inquiring and, um, and, uh, yeah, just be there. Yeah, I think that's really good advice because um, I think so, it, sometimes it's complicated because we don't know what to say, we don't know what to do. But again, you know, same with simple theology, there are simple ways that we can be there for people. We don't have to come up with the answers or overcomplicated. Sometimes yeah. it's just showing up, just sitting with someone, sitting alongside, walking alongside. Um, so I love that. So now we're going to close... Um, this session, but I know we have uh, one more kind of poem um, for those who are, are artsy ones. I'm going to read it out for us. Um, I really like this. We shared this in our in our our short circle that we did a while ago. Um, it is those who, instead of giving advice, solutions, or cures, acknowledge the pain and touch our wound with a gentle and tender hand someone who can be silent in a moment of despair or confusion who can tolerate not knowing not curing not healing and face us with our loss and that's by ted bowman who wrote that i just think it's uh, such a nice way to describe somebody coming alongside it's beautiful it's beautiful and to have the opportunities to be able to come alongside um, it's a privilege yeah. and um, hopefully 
now in these sessions, we've had two weeks to look at grief. So that's kind of the grief part. And we've had two weeks to look at God's nature and the role of grace and faith. And so in the next two weeks, we get to look at how do we find that way to continue to navigate forward now that we've got a bit of a foundation kind of cognitively, but also spiritually. And um, yeah, and I think if we do that, we can hopefully fulfill that poem that you just read. Yeah, great. Well, I think that is uh, the time that we have um, together today. And so we have two more sessions um, we'll be back with. And um, thank you, as always, Brian. Um, just love having these conversations and you're such a blessing to our community to be able to share your experience and your knowledge. And I know that um, this is just such a, a big topic and we don't talk about grief well oftentimes in society um, or leave, make space for these conversations. So I'm so grateful to you to be able to carve out this time and have these conversations, which hopefully people will find helpful. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate that we're kind of having to do this online. It would be lovely to be face to face. I'd love to hear others stories yeah. of grace moments when there was intersection of God and yeah. this mighty God just kind of breaking through and resonating. I'd love to hear some of those stories. And, and I think hopefully we will get to that. I know you and I have talked about uh, at some point we will. I, it's been planned a few times, but then yeah. not able to happen because of COVID. But uh, the plan is that for those who need a space to to come face to face and have these conversations that, that we will, we will be looking at creating that, that space in person, hopefully sooner rather than later. Everything in its time. Everything in its time. Okay, Brian, thank you so much. And for those right. who are listening, thank you for, for listening and um, feel free to reach out at any time. Um, if you need resources or just need someone to come alongside you. Take care, everyone. Great. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.